The reason that our country is in the mess that it is in today is not because of the Republicans, it's not because of the Democrats. Let me tell you this, it's because of lame Christians. There is a reproach that comes with being a follower of Christ. We in America have tried to reshape the whole church so that it's palatable and likable in the culture. A church that is accepted well with the culture is usually not accepted well with Christ. The church is a fortress, and a fortress is strength. A fortress is might. Not only a center of defense, but a place of strategic planning and offense. Our God does not expect us to wait for the darkness to enclose around us. He expects us to take up His banner and fight the darkness with His light. You want to know what the biggest problem with America is? The wolf is this country. Gave in. Gave in to public pressure. Gave in to political correctness. One of the greatest curses this country has ever had to deal with is political correctness. Preparing the Christian to shine the light against the darkness of this world. Welcome to Our Mighty Fortress Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Miller, and welcome to the show. We have a soul-shaking subject to cover today. But first, please go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button on the podcast platform which you're listening to us upon. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. Thanks. Go ahead and check us out on our Facebook page. When you type in the search bar at Mighty Fortress 313, that page is growing more and more. We post all sorts of content on that page. We do have a YouTube channel as well. It is growing a little slower, but it's coming along, thankfully. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and notification bell to help the channel grow. Sure appreciate that one too. You can also take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com. There we host the media where you, you can find articles and videos and even a link to our merch store where you can help support the work. If you feel so motivated to donate the, to the work that we do here, feel free to do so through our website and establish PayPal link. If, of course, we have helped you in some way through our work, I would absolutely love to hear about it. You can go ahead and email at us, OurMightyFortress at gmail.com. By following and supporting the podcast, you let me know that you care about the subjects that we discuss. Today, I want to talk about a very difficult but soul-shaking subject. And that's about why there is no peace in our land. We must take what I'm about to say very seriously and not only reflect upon just our nation, but also really ourselves. Our nation has been decaying for quite some time, and there are still so many who can't even just figure out why. It's astounding. They say, well, if one doesn't learn from history, then they are doomed to repeat it. That is so very, very true. We're going to start with a nation who was very similar in their troubles over 2,000 years ago, and that is the nation or was the nation of Judah. The book of Jeremiah is the story of a prophet who the Almighty God called to preach against his nation and government for their wickedness. We're going to take a look at that situation in context. Then we're going to check out the similarities between that nation and the United States of America. We are going to have to take a look at the truth about the progress of our nation and the destination if we continue down this path. I hope to inspire you to be a Jeremiah. 
and stand up for what is right and preach what is right, even if you're standing alone. With that introduction, let's get right into this. We're going to begin with our story of a civilization past in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 6, verses 8 through 16. Before we look at some of these verses, I do want to build a context uh, of the story up to this point. The nation of Judah is at its moral depth of depravity. There is violence in the streets and the poor have been forsaken by the rich. Innocent blood was being shed and there are men in government that could care less about the people. If this couldn't be any worse, there is idolatry and covetousness among all social classes. In all this, the nation had forgotten the very God that established them. God called out a man named Jeremiah to be his mouthpiece to the nation. He was going to say things against uh, the, cultural, the cultural norm. In fact, he would actually preach for decades that judgment was coming if they did not repent. But the people would not hear. Let's look in Jeremiah chapter 6, starting in verse 8. It says, Be thou instructed, O Jerusalem, lest my soul depart from thee, lest I make thee desolate, a land not inhabited. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall thoroughly glean the remnant of Israel as a vine, turn back thine hand as a grape gatherer into the baskets. To whom shall I speak and give warning? That they may hear, behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. End quote. God is reaching out to his people and exhorting them to listen to what he has to say before he ultimately brings the judgment upon the land. He says that he wants the ears of the people who are so corrupt, they're just they're not going to listen. They say that the word of the Lord is a reproach, and they don't even want to hear it. Let's look at verse 11. Therefore, I am full of the fury of the Lord. I am weary with holding in. I will pour out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with the wife shall be taken, and the aged him that is full of days. And their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out mine hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, for every one is given to covetousness. And for the prophet, even unto the priest, every one dealeth falsely. End quote. Now it's very interesting to note that the Lord says that he is full of fury and is going to pour out judgment upon the land. He says there's not going to be of any age that's going to be spared none zero that seems kind of harsh to the ear but you must understand god's judgment is no respecter of persons man woman child it does not matter the ones that turn their hearts back to god will be spared but very few people will turn around and at the conclusion of the entire book they're going to be judged it is important to note that God makes a special mention of the prophets or the preachers that deal falsely and give credence to the wickedness going on around them. I, I just got to say something on this part. It amazes me. It really amazes me that that saying about history repeating itself, well, 
It's repeating itself today in America, and you have the same culprits. Politicians continuing to work iniquity, but the so-called pastors of the land are the greatest enemies of God in this nation. Many of them, I'm not saying all of them, but most, most, and anybody who would contend with that, you have to look at the state of our nation. Don't tell me that we're in decent shape. And look, these so-called pastors, they're false prophets preaching that, hey, everything is fine and we just need to carry on with the status quo or at least just try a little harder. The scripture would actually say that they're covetous, meaning that they chase after money and worldly possessions. Go figure on that one. You could start dropping names and you could totally see that. Some of these claims of the prophets, they, they, they claimed to be prophets of God. They claimed to say that they were the mouthpieces of God, yet they were false. They were not. Only Jeremiah was, period. The same is true today. I would say that there are very few mouthpieces of the Lord today in this nation. Let's continue in Jeremiah 6, starting in verse 14. It says, They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? Nay, they were not ashamed at all, uh, at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. End quote. These people will cry out, Peace, peace, when there is no peace, says the Lord. Now, this is very interesting as we look at human behavior. When man lives in a certain lifestyle for so long, even if he has reservations of such before he's just going to justify it later this actually plays out more than you think i knew plenty of men while working with the homeless that in downtown los angeles you would be surprised as to many of those men and women's stories many of them were very wealthy one wrong turn of sin into drugs seeking pleasure and they would have a long track of losing everything in their life while living on the streets for so long, they just become used to living in the filth. They just become used to every day using the drugs that have brought them down so low. Despite the programs, despite the help that's there, they become content in their filth. It's not so much different from what the average person does today. The people of Jeremiah's day couldn't even see what was wrong with their lifestyles. And they were just crying out for peace against Jeremiah. And because Jeremiah would preach everything everything to the contrary. He's preaching the judgment of God. And they're saying, no, no, no. Peace, peace. We don't want to hear judgment. The scripture then says that they weren't even ashamed or blushed at the depths of their depravity. Because of this, God was going to judge them. Now, this does bring us to our final verse in verse 16, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the book of Jeremiah. In verse 16, it states, quote, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. End quote. What is important to pay attention to here is that God 
wants his people to turn away from their sins that they're partaking in and turn back to the old paths or the old ways found in him. He says that that way is good and they could find rest for their souls. If you look a little closely at what he said there, you'll notice that the people don't have rest. Given that they feel that they had plenty, they don't have rest. Sin has a hunger that can never be quenched. In my previous example of the homeless that I had worked with, any could tell you of the subtle path that they went down just one foot after another, chasing after the next thing or high. It doesn't have to be drugs. What about chasing after money? Many in this world chase after the next bigger and better and best thing from cars to houses and other material things, and they have no rest. So many men have reached the pinnacle of wealth and power and yet had no delight in their souls. Even after that, the people responded that they just would not listen. That's astounding to me. And even when Babylon was at their doorstep, they still didn't believe the prophet Jeremiah. They still thought that, well, this will come and go and we'll carry on as usual. Well, we know the end of the story. Now this brings us to the next segment of the similarities between ancient Judah and the United States of America. Did you notice God's complaints with Judah as a nation? America has been especially filled with violence. The past couple years, you can just label it all out. We had evil go unchecked with riots. You had shootings. You had the COVID lockdowns that took a bunch of bored and jobless people and turned them into weapons of mass destruction, basically, with the riots. I mean, man, how many people lost their lives and, pro and property destroyed by idle men and women? The past couple years also have seen the gap between the rich and the poor just become greater and greater and greater. Now, we have to understand that there are a lot of arguments given by what we would say are the political left that have a little truth in them. When they talk about the gaps between the rich and the poor, now, we're not talking about, oh, I've got a few hundred thousand dollars a year job or let's just say if a couple million dollars because I'm a small business owner or even to many of you are say corporations and some of the multi-million dollar corporate not even that just the gaps between the actual movers and shakers of this nation and world have grown greater and greater and greater the real people we're talking about the movers and shakers of the nation the, the people who actually control the money supply and that type of thing um Everybody else is going to pale in comparison. The Elon Musk are nothing before these people. Just put it in that kind of context. So there is a little truth in what they're saying. Even still, from the richest of the rich to the middle class and the poor. I mean, the middle class have been utterly destroyed. And that gap is growing greater and greater and greater. Our economy is on the verge of a collapse because of that. The whole COVID lockdowns brought the greatest wealth transfer from the middle class uh, to the rich in any other time in history. Not only this, with dealing with America, how terrible the sins are of this nation. We have the innocent blood being shed on the account of crime in the form of abortions. Still today, millions 
and tens of millions of human beings, babies, are being slaughtered with just abortions alone. We have a government that could care less about the people or the Constitution. Covetousness is throughout our nation, and the eyes of man are not satisfied. I mean, for heaven's sakes, we have a holiday, the most blatant form of covetousness. We have a holiday in Thanksgiving where we're thankful, and then the next morning, bright and early on Black Friday, people are literally killing each other to go get a TV on sale. Unbelievable. Only in America can you gather with your family and give thanks and then turn around and try to kill somebody for a TV. I don't see that anywhere else. Finally, idolatry is so rampant in America. I mean, sure, we have little gold statues of false deities, but idolatry is worshiping anything outside God. And of course, we're very prone to worshiping man and things. Much like Judah, over 2,000 years ago, America has forgotten the very God that founded her. Civilizations shift all throughout history, but when they do, it's generally not for the better. Generations come and go after the initial founders, and they forget what made their culture what it was. What then follows is the destruction, not only of that civilization, but also the culture. How does this relate to America? Americans have forgotten their heritage and the moral framework in which it was founded upon. A person may not be religious or come from a certain religious culture, but that person and all others who come to America must adhere to the Judeo-Christian framework of America. This should be without question. I don't care what religion that person adheres to, but when they move to America, they must abide by the doctrines and laws of the Christian culture, period. There are so many ignorant that say that religion has no place in the government, but that is just a bold-faced lie. Religion is what provides the moral framework in which can have a country survive. When Thomas Jefferson wrote that letter to the Danbury Baptist and said, quote, making no laws respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state, end quote. There was a context. It was not that the founders did not want religion at all. It was that one Christian church could not take over another. Now, context really matters because the founding fathers saw the battles that were taking place in Europe between the Catholics and the Protestants Christian morality was expected and encouraged within the government, and the early government practices demonstrated that. Thomas Jefferson wasn't even a saved man. He did not believe in the traditional Christ of the Bible. He didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. He was a lost man. But even he understood how powerful and important Christian moral principles were for this nation. And he thought so much of it, he would write about the morality of Jesus and how we should follow his example. Somebody should have told him then, you know, Mr. Jeff Jefferson, no take back on the whole religion and government thing. But no, that was not the context. Letting man do what is right in his own eyes without some objective standard is the kind of stupidity that got America in the predicament that it is in, that's in now. The constitutionality of something should be rooted in the foundational moral framework of the country. 
if a particular law doesn't meet that standard starting right off the bat, then you can't even put it on the table for a, a, a sort of vote. It really does not matter what the socialists or communists or even atheists say in response. We have played their game for too long and like sheep, just being led to the slaughter and the nation is falling apart. Israel, overall, was a representation of God's people at that time. As time progressed, they fell into sin. God had to judge them and bring them into captivity. When Christ emerges and commissions the disciples to reach the world, there have been several nations that have taken charge and tried to make a Christian nation. The first major nation to do so, uh, God's way, was England. And that would become the British Empire. Though all, all hell would come against that nation, God would not let England fall because her shipping networks just brought the gospel and just transferred it all over the world. What do I mean about all it seemed like all, all of hell coming against uh, England? Look at how England was protected against the Catholic, French, and Spaniards at different points where it almost seemed like God stepped in with a miracle and crushed, you know, crushed ships in the waves or, or whatever else. Absolutely fascinating. Bibles would be translated into English for the common man to read for himself instead of getting interpretations from any priest. Much of the Bible we read today was a result of a man named William Tyndale and his foundational work. Eventually, as time would pass, England would forget her creator and the light would fade. That light was then carried forth to America. Not only the scores of men and women get saved in the United States of America, we sent missionaries for all over the world uh, from America, and it seemed like that, that torch really passed from England to America. Bibles were translated worldwide into languages in which had never had the scriptures. It almost seems like, wow, America was on fire for God for a time. Slowly, corruption crept into the American government, and the fundamentals of what the U.S. was founded upon were changed. Our light, too, was fading, which brings us to our current day. I don't know how much patience God will have with us, but America deserves the judgment of God for her wickedness. We have spent so long doing things our way, and as each year passes, the mercy of God just slips away. America, too, must remember her creator before it's too late. We must understand that we, too, have been blessed with more than we deserve. This grand experiment that is called America, it really seems like it's going to spiral and come to an end. And if so, very well, the, Lord, the Lord's will be done. Nations and empires have come and gone throughout the age, and America is not exempt. America has enjoyed the protection of God for so long, but her enemies rise against her. China's on the rise and has turned into a terrible power. Iran is only a breath away from nuclear weapons, and they actually have the gall to use them, specifically on Israel. Our liberties have slowly slipped away, and we're ushering into an authoritarianism, and we're doing it willingly, willingly bowing to authoritarianism. Think of how far we've come from the Founding Fathers' original vision. They'd roll over their graves if they knew what a totalitarian state 
their America has transformed into their love, their sacrifice, their lives, their lives work being unraveled into nothingness by us, by you, by me, our enemies surround us. And who do you think is honestly going to help us? <laughs> Little known secret. There are not many nations in the world that actually like us. Why? Because we corrupt everything that we touch. The powers in the world and the powers of darkness, hey, they need America to collapse because when she collapses, it's just that much easier to bring in the Antichrist. It is the equivalent of wolves surrounding a wounded prey limping along to no avail. America will be devoured. Can America's judgment be stayed for a time? It's possible. And all of what I've said so far can be summed up to this. We need to get back to being honest about our origins. We need to get back to the mission of what Christians were supposed to be doing. And that is preaching the gospel. You know, it gave me some assurance when I, I'm starting to hear across social media People who aren't even Christians, people who aren't even believers actually saying, you know, those Christians might be on to something when it comes to morality. Now, that's interesting. They're not even believers, but they understood that, hey, you know, those Judeo-Christian moral principles, we should probably get back to those. And really, with Christianity, you do have true liberty. That is the... That is distinctly Christian. That concept is distinctly Christian, stemming all the way back into the Old Testament and reaffirmed in the New Testament. Someone can try to say that they disagree with that, but then I just I just ask them, name another nation with our sort of liberty that hasn't been influenced by Christianity. There is none, period. Every other nation in the world can't even get past with a First Amendment going down the tubes, you know, it, there's no other nation that has such a thing as freedom of speech, by the way. Zero. None. None of the Western nations except for America. And really, what we're having here as far as free speech is unraveling podcasts like this or pastors and evangelists preaching from the pulpits is going to be stifled soon. America is the only nation with freedom of speech. We seriously need to quit being dishonest about the origins and stand up. For the righteousness of God. Israel herself was judged for her idolatry. So what makes us any different? Where are all the Jeremiah's who are crying out against the wickedness? So quiet. Getting back to God and his commands is how we can fix much of the country. You want to fix health care? Turn to God. You want to tame the entertainment industry beast? Get back to godly principles. You want decency and honesty brought back into government? <laughs> Kick them all out for ones and put godly men and women uh, inside government. You want less foreign and wasteful wars? Get back to Christian principles. You want a flourishing nation not laden with $30 trillion in national debt? You want a nation that can figure out what a man and a woman is? You want a nation that's not filled with sexual perverts? Then get back to our Christian roots. Christians, get back to doing what Jesus Christ called us to do before he ascended into heaven and getting back to the gospel. 
the people can cry out peace, peace. But until that happens, there will be no peace. I want to thank you for listening. And be sure to follow us on the podcast media. Please take a look at our website, OurMightyFortress.com, and subscribe for more updates. Stay tuned next time for more great content, and remember to find your refuge and strength in Our Mighty Fortress.